The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning, my name is Rob Danielson. Welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 47 of 2022, and show number 1,152 if you're keeping track that way. Well, this week, we continue into November with a celebration of the 60th anniversary of Lawrence of Arabia. Now, joining me this week is my co-host, Jason Drury. Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning. Pleased to be here again. Fantastic. Well, Lawrence of Arabia is a 1962 epic historical drama based on the life of T.E. Lawrence and his 1926 book, Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Now, it was directed by David Lean and produced by Sam Spiegel through his British company, Horizon Pictures, and distributed by Columbia Pictures. The film stars Peter O'Toole as Lawrence and Alec Guinness. The film also stars Jack Hawkins, Anthony Quinn, Omar Sharif, Anthony Quayle, Claude Rains, and Arthur Kennedy. Now, the screenplay was written by Robert Bolt and Michael Wilson. Now, the film depicts Lawrence's experience in the Ottoman provinces uh, during the First World War. In particular, his attacks uh, on, hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, Akabab and Damascus, and his involvement in the Arab National Council. Its themes include Lawrence's emotional struggles with violence inherent in war, his identity, and has divided allegiance, or rather his divided allegiance, between his native Britain and its army and his newfound comrades within the Arabian Desert Tribes. Now, the film was nominated for 10 Oscars at the 35th Academy Awards in 1963. It won seven. 
including Best Picture, Best Director. It also won Golden. It also won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama at the BAFTA uh, uh, and Drama at the BAFTA Awards, Best Film and Outstanding British Film. Uh, the dramatic score by Maurice Jarre and the Super Panavision 70 cin- uh, Cinematic by Freddie Young also won praise from the critics. Now, much like The Godfather from last week, uh, Lawrence of Arabia is widely regarded as one of the best films ever made. In 2004, it was devoted the best British film in a Sunday Telegraph poll of Britain's leading filmmakers. As for me, I avoided watching the film for years. Yeah. Um, Due to its length, I deemed it too long a sit for me and did not want to break it into two parts as I found um, that I might lose the momentum that the film was achieving. It was only early this year that I actually watched the film all the way through. As with most of the films I avoided, I was kicking myself afterwards and asking myself, what took me so long? (sighs) The film's a masterpiece of filmmaking in an era where, well before CG, this film proves itself with its amazing cinematography and locations. I watched the movie with my friend Susan Gao, who regrets that she cannot be here this evening to share uh, the show with us. However, she did provide a me with a summary of her thoughts. Now, this is Susan's summary. I believe Lawrence of Arabia to be a masterpiece of storytelling because it illustrates how a movie can be an artistic production that results in an artistic experience for the audience. Not every movie experience is so grand. Film often just entertain and supply us with delight, delightful, or sorry, and delightfully and allow us um, to escape our realities. Uh, they often inform us, causing us to pause and reconsider some thought or to embrace something new, maybe sharing that awareness with others. We may forgive a film many for many of its mistakes or goofs because it just doesn't matter to the pleasure we have in viewing the movie. So what makes a cinematic masterpiece an artistic film? I think it requires a director to masterfully choreograph nine integral components, one, directing, two, the talents of the cast in conjunction with, three, the script, combining, four, the cinematography, and five, the lighting, with six, the score, and seven, sound, complemented by eight production designs that are then all balanced and enriched by nine a sharp editing process. Without a doubt, David Lean was a virtuoso of large-scale epic films, and Lawrence of Arabia is a wonderful example of his work. In this film illustrates how Mr. Lean was able to coordinate these nine key aspects of filmmaking that resulted in an outstanding work of art. I believe he brought together the remarkable talents of people in each of their special areas so that the film became a, a became greater than the sum of its parts. All before CGI and the prolific use of special effects, I think that his start in the industry as a film editor was critical to the success of his uh, as a director in the film industry. Once you have seen Lawrence of Arabia, I bet you will recognize that in, that in an instant, the music from the film, with only a few opening notes to any Maurice Jarre's themes and cues, 
You will be immersed in the chaos of the city and feel the contrast of the sweeping sandscapes against the sunrise. You might even compare the blue of Lawrence's eyes to the blue of the desert sky. See, see shadows at night, shadows on people's souls, understand dreams, realized and dreams lost. What a marvel of storytelling in Lawrence of Arabia. What a work of art. Thank you, Susan, for uh, passing this along to us. I, it was a greatly, greatly appreciated. Okay, so, Jason, when did yes. you first, when did you first see... Um, Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, you've seen it like as recently as like a few out, maybe even a few hours ago, a, a few days ago, a few, a few days, days ago. ago. Okay. About two days ago. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm like you. I did. I, it's been one of those films I've been wanting to see. And the show has given me the excuse to see it completely. I've seen it in bits and bobs over the years, but excuse me, <clears throat> but uh, I knew about it's the amazing cinematography i've seen pictures of it so we bought the blu-ray got it on a lovely tv screen watched it in two parts lucky he's got an intermission which is fantastic and you know we i would love to have eric woods on the show because he would have to talk you know as a as a um, as a photographer and a, i would have been interested what he thought of the cinematography right it is absolutely stunning yes i would even have... even to this day it is so so stunning the cinematography by Freddie Young. It's absolutely a joy to watch, and um, it really does grip you. So it's a Peter Hall's before Peter is amazing. Omar Sharif is terrific. It's well, it's it's difficult to criticise a film sixty years old, but but it is a it is a bona fide classic. Yes, there's some great British actors involved, and it is it's a joy it's a joy to watch, and um, it it keeps you it keeps you interested. So it's a, it's a, it's a the script by Bolt and Michael Wilson is amazing. You, if you, yes, you, if you, if you know that Michael Wilson, yes, he did co-write Planet of the Apes as well. If people don't forget, so this guy's a great screenwriter, Excuse and it, it really, really, really works in the in, in the movie. It's a, it's a terrific watch, and anybody who hasn't seen it in the last sixty years, please see. Lords of Arabia, because you're missing out on an absolute classic of a film. Yes, fantastic. Now, like I said, I mentioned that uh, I had seen it just for the first time this year. And for me, it um, the way uh, Susan and I watch movies are kind of different from other, maybe from other people. We'll get to a certain point and we'll stop and we'll discuss the film. So the three and a half hour or three and hour and 40 minute film turns into like, a four hour, five hour experience after you do all of the, uh, um, the different, uh, uh conversations and, and that sort of thing. So if, for me, it was, uh, it was very much a, a really cool experience to watch. Uh, and again, you have to, rem you have to remember that this was pre CG. There was a, the, a long time before CG. So this was definitely. I mean, the, the 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 shots that were taken. I mean, there's a beautiful morning shot um, oh, yeah. of the desert, and you see the sand moving over the desert and that sort of thing. And you have to remember that this was all shot real time. It's not yes. like it was. It was. Um, you know. It it was created in a in a in a studio or you know it was shot on location when epic films were epic and yes. in in my opinion it really it really pops off the screen 
um, when it when it comes to um, when it comes to the, uh, the filmmaking. So um, now, Jason, you mentioned before that there was an interesting story before we get to the uh, the score about uh, Maurice Yar's kind of journey to this uh, to this film. Yes, it's an interesting interesting conundrum of what happened for the music because the, the previous film that Lean we worked on was the classic visual of the River Kwai. Right. And the producer wanted a big name to write the score for this Lawrence of Arabia. So first of all, they, uh, they approached Bernard Herrmann and he said, nope, I don't, want, don't fancy this. But then they decided we'll do, it, we'll do an interesting approach of having William Walton and the composer of Bridge with quite Malcolm Arnold yes. together to do a score together. That fell through. It didn't, didn't work out. So then they decided, oh, we'll try something else. We'll try Armand Kachaturian, who I think if James Horner fans are familiar, he wrote, you know, he was the influence of the Aliens theme in right. uh, 2001. And, and, and the well-known British composer Benjamin Britten, who was well-known for things like the Young Person Guide Orchestra and Peter Grimes. Mm-hmm. And also they had a third person come involved, this little known composer called Maurice Jarre. <laughs> but the thing though, they, it again, Kachachurin and Britain were unavailable, but they still wanted a big name, so they decided to go to somebody called Richard Rogers, you know, Rogers of the Hammerstein. And, yes. um, you know, they, so he wrote a few pieces for the film, but uh, when Lean saw these, he made the call to leave everything out and then constantly could have heard him. Jarre at this time had written some music and they were so impressed with his music. That Joe ended up writing the complete score, but you say that there's also there's a caveat here because if you notice on the credits of the film, mm-hmm. it's, it, I think it's very unusual for this. It's a way even 1960s. The the ex, the prominent orchestrator credit of Gerald Schumann is on, on the credits. Right, it's a very very unusual, and a lot of people think that Schumann probably goes about some of the music, which obviously maybe I think Joe has denied over the years, and I, I've got a feeling. He did not. He was an orchestrator, and he's a great orchestrator, and it worked out really well. So I'm not saying anything bad here. Sure, I'm sure more sharp wrote a time with Schumann was a very good assistant to writing the score for for um, Lawrence. As one other thing, though, another interesting credit in the film was this. He said he says at the end of the, at the beginning of the credits, the music was compo- performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Sir Adrian Bolt. Yes, that is untrue. Mm-hmm. So Adrian Bolt only conducted the overture. Yes, this film had overtures. It is the 1960s. It's one of yeah. you don't like, you know, they got it's got a lovely overture, and it's got onto arc, which was more or less the overture repeated again. Yes. Shum, so Bolt only conducted the overture. The, the score in the actual movie, more or less, was conducted by Jar, but apparently also Shum conducted a few of the sections. But majority, part of Jordan's score was composed and conducted by Maurice Jar. And it made his career in Hollywood, as we know. He was he introduced Jons Mardino into the score with that very, very great effect with these the digit sequences. And it is, I think, I looked on the AFR list. It is now it is ranked on the AFR as the third greatest film score of all time, behind Gone with the Wind and Star Wars. Right. Obviously, we have, we have our own own lists, but I'm sure. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, well, particularly Eric, I'm sure, but but uh, he loves his list. But <laughs> I'm, but Lawrence of Arabia, I am sure, is one of the top scores of all time. It is one that it works for the film wonderfully, and it is and it rightly is renowned as one of the greatest greatest uh, works in film music. And um, I can't, you know, I can't uh, argue with that. Exactly. Now, one thing you didn't mention, and uh, I I 
uh, I looked this up as well. Surprisingly, Jar was given just six weeks to perform, or to, rather to compose two hours of orchestral music. That is, I mean, that's just mind-blowing considering mm. that's, you know, considering the era. He was probably writing on the score page with a, with like a piano or, or and that's that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of the film is on score. Like the last 30 minutes, there's not a piece of music on there. So yeah. it's a, I think it's about totally, I think the total score, I think on the end was about 75, 76 minutes in the end. Exactly. All right. So um, what we've uh, got here, the original soundtrack was originally released on Colpex Records, uh, the records division of Columbia Pictures in 1962. A remastered edition appeared on Castle Music in 2006. Now, surprisingly... A complete recording of the score was not heard until 2010 when Tadlow Music produced a CD of the music. Now, with uh, Nick Rainey conducting the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestras from scores reconstructed by Lee Phillips. This, along with the Averez Saraband release, is what will be featured today. So, um, Let's just get to some of the music and then we'll come back and we'll discuss more about the 60th anniversary of Lawrence of Arabia. Here's some music by Maurice Jarre.
with a little bit of music from the 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia. We are celebrating the 60th anniversary here on Visions in Sound. Now, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. Say it with me, folks. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also find me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. And don't discount the website because I actually got in contact with a friend of mine that I haven't spoken to in 20 years on the website. So go there and, uh, and ask your questions because I do respond to them. And I find friends that I haven't spoken to for a while. In any case, I'm also on Good Pods a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And I can also be found on applemusic.com. So I'm going to continue on with some more music from Lawrence of Arabia as we are celebrating the 60th anniversary of said film. And we'll be back in just a little bit.
Music from the 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia. That's music by Maurice Jarre. And joining me all the way from Ramsgate, England, is Jason Drury. Welcome to the show again, Jason. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, we'll be discussing a little bit more about the film in, in, in just a second. Now, what you heard just af- off the beginning was actually uh, released on the Varez Saraband label. And uh, this is... 
um, the original recordings, original the original soundtrack recordings. So we'll be getting into a, something a bit different in a little bit. Uh, um, so there are actually a couple of releases that uh, that we'll we'll be talking about. One of them being the Tadlow release. So, uh, Jason, what can you tell me about uh, the Tadlow release? Uh, it's a two disc, but it doesn't have everything of of Lawrence on it. It has the complete score of Lords of Arabia on the first disc. Right. It's like 78 minutes long. The second disc is, I have, is, uh, has a lot of like suites of other films by Maurice Shaw because I know James Fitzpatrick is a huge fan of uh, Maurice Shaw. Right. I think he, he, they, they, they become good friends during his lifetime. He also he was the kind great person who released the complete score of Mad Max on Thunderdome. So we have him to thank for that, that to come out. Yes. So, so, so uh, Fitzpatrick and... Jar had a huge good association with Fitzpatrick and Tadlow, so I'm not surprised they did go for doing a re- full recording of Lords of Arabia. And it is a good recording; it is absolutely well done. Nicholas Rain conducts it superbly, and it's it is a highly recommended release. And it shows how, at the time, how the city of Prague was getting a lot better. They really were improving over the years, and I think they were the, the, they were not as great. I think when Patrick would be the first to stand, they were also good at the beginning, but they were really improving. I mean, producing schools like this and um, with like the, like the music for Ben Hur, all the other stuff, the King of Kings stuff, it's absolutely sensational. This is Maurice, they did some real good Maurice Yard stuff over the years. I mean, like, they also did things like Paris Burning, Villa Rides. They are, they, they, they could, they could really perform Maurice Yard's music really well. And this is a, it's a really good release. And uh, I do play it. Um, on a number of occasions and still enjoy it and it's a very it's it's a great sound well the thing is about about the uh, i mean about jar's music it's uh, first of all it's mind-blowing that he was only given six weeks to record this the, yes. or to, to to create and record this uh this this fantastic score that he did win the oscar for and apparently his work apparently schumann the orchestra had problems uh you know, working with 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 uh, the sketches of Jar because, as we you may not know, Boris Jar was predominantly at the beginning was a percussionist, and that's why it's right. just, it's just so much drums in his stuff. Like there's a lot of real a lot of drum sections in his score, so, uh, so that's that's why the collaboration is generated over the years a debate to the extent of Schumann's actual involvement. Mm-hmm. The subject at the time was that Jar remained defensive, but yeah. to me it sounds like a Boris Jar score. I think this we can't. Right. We, we, we're not going to say that this was this is one of those scores of ghostwriting. This is, you know, it, it, this couldn't be more a Maurice Jarre score, and this is the one that really set him up for the, the greatness of what was to come. Exactly. Because he's one of those composers, as we know, that has that very unique sound. You can recognize a Maurice Jarre score right for five paces. It's, it's, it's so 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 unique, and and he he followed this up later down the line with that wonderful thing for, for Doctor Shivago. Right. Show what, what, uh, it, what it, it's what, what, a, what a great composer he was. He's he, he's greatly missed, and it's a shame. It's, it, it, if you talk about further down his career, it's a bit like John Barry. He's he's he start he um he had a lot of scores rejected towards the end of his career. Right. It's a shame. It's a real shame. A bit like a bit like John Barry, but uh, we still do have the scores, the classic scores from the sixties and seventies, and of course the other twenty stuff that came down down the line as well to enjoy his music. He's, he was. One of the, one of the great well French composers, one of the great film composers, full stop. Period. Exactly. Well, now as I stated, this is a long movie. 
Uh, the original release ran 222 minutes, plus overture, intermission, and exit music. Thus, Lawrence of Arabia is slightly more than one minute longer than Gone with the Wind, and is therefore the longest movie ever to win the Best Picture Oscar. Well, I'm going to continue on with some more music from the 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia as we are celebrating the 60th anniversary of said film. Um, this, The music that you're going to be hearing now is actually from a uh, silver screen release that was done in 2012. And uh, this, uh, this is actually the single disc from the Tadlow version. Correct, uh, Jason? Yes, yes. All right. So let's have a listen, and uh, I'll be drop. We'll be dropping in a little bit to add some a bit more color to the uh, to the show. But uh, here is some of more of Maurice Jarre's music from Lawrence of Arabia as we're celebrating sixty years of said film.
And with a little bit of music from the 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia, that's music by the great Maurice Jarre. Well, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, Visions in Sound. You can also try me on Visions in Sound at, at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash Visions in Sound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. I'm also on Good Pods. You can find me uh, as a downloadable app for your phone or other such devices, or you can also try me on Apple Music. And from from there, you can listen to the show, which will be up on my website in about two hours' time. So, as I said, welcome back to Visions and Sound. We are celebrating the 60th anniversary of Lawrence of Arabia. Now, film director Steven Spielberg consists, considers, rather, that this is his favorite film of all time. And one that inspired him to become a filmmaker. It'll be interesting to see how Fablemans are, uh, the Fablemans talks about that perhaps a film he states he saw four times in four successive weeks upon its release with understanding it was the first time seeing a movie i realized that there were themes that aren't narrative story themes there are themes that are character themes that were personal themes and i realized that there was no going back it was it was what i was going to do Uh, Film director Catherine Bigelow also considers it one of her favorite films, saying it inspired her to film The Hurt Locker in Jordan. That's an interesting factoid. And uh, Lawrence of Arabia also inspired numerous other adventure, science fiction, and fantasy stories in modern pop culture, including Frank Herbert's Dune, um, George Lucas's Star Wars franchise, Ridley Scott's Prometheus, George Miller's Mad Max, and... Oddly, this is a weird one, Disney's Frozen franchise. I think that's weird. In any, in any case, we'll, we'll continue on with a little bit more music in just a second, but you have, do you have any thoughts, Jason, while I've got you here? Well, it, is, it has been influential for a number of years because of, because of the wonderful cinematography, and I can see the Mad Max one, and yep. Star Wars definitely with the tattoo sequences. It's, but Frozen... It, it's not frozen. It was. I was one came in the head. Did did it, did it influence bit how he met Sally or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like. I, I when I, 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 it's very. It's it's as off field as that. Yeah. I I I put. I influence frozen. I put a question mark beside yeah. that when I was it, when I was. It, and I remember. That, I think it was parodied a number of number of times. I think if I remember, I think one of the James Bond films. They they. Uh, I think he comes out in the desert. I think it's by Love Me, and they, they used a bit of Jarre's music from, from Lords of Arabia. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's been a parody in, in films as, in times as well. But I think its legacy is it, is it created this, this panorama of adventure, and a lot yeah. of films have uh, probably been influenced by, and probably in a way for that because of the because of the, the grand scope of it, and then and it is. This scene, the film, as we saw, I saw this week, the, the thing that came into my head clearly, the other sequence would be, nothing to say would be, they don't make you like that anymore. It's just such a no. shame. No. It's such a shame. But because of the, it took so long to make, and it's, it is, it is a film with somebody at the top of his craft. And it is, you know, if you go to somebody, how do you make a great, a wonderful adventure film? 
loads of Arabia. We one of those on that list, and I can, I can, understand, I can understand why. Particularly, it was one sequence in the film where you see that they're walking into the sunset, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, that's the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, you know, they're walking into the sunset. Uh, so uh, that came into my head. So you could definitely see Spielberg's influence, being influenced with that film, with that, that sequence, with the, the, for the, sure. When and when they, when they, with the horses at the end of in, in, the end of um, yeah, the Last Crusade. Yeah, the Last Crusade. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's continue on with a little bit more music before we do run out of time, because this always seems to be the case that we, we we I don't think I have we have enough music, and then all of a sudden we don't we we have too much music. So I will continue on with more from Maurice Jarre's score of Lawrence Arabia as we are celebrating the 60th anniversary of said film. Back in a bit.
Well, for me, this film will always sit in that category. Why didn't I watch this sooner? That's uh, that's my my take on it. So that's all for us this week. Thanks for um, hanging in, those that did. As we near the end of 2022, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there that are that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1-844-HERE-247, and here247.ca all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, Jason, in, in, in about 30 seconds, can you let me know what you've got coming up in the next little well, bit? Well, I've got some good stuff coming up. The United Archive show dropped recently, and part one of it. Part two will be coming very shortly. I'll be working on that next, next week. Uh, the, uh, very soon, the Stephen C. Smith interview I did on his book on Bernard Herrmann should be nearly ready to... I'm nearly finished that, so that should be coming out soon. As well as, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be finishing the second part of the John Williams archive special, which I started early in the year. I shall be doing the second part of that in due time as well. As well as a couple of interviews down the pipe as well. So there's plenty, plenty of my stuff to come very soon on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. Sounds a great. So next week, join me and a special guest next week as we conclude November. Yes, conclude with a celebration of the 80th anniversary of Casablanca. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from Lawrence of Arabia. Jason, thank you again for being on nope. the show. And as always. Let's, let, let's play a bit of Lawrence of Arabia again. All right. And uh, I'll, again. I'll be back next week with more Visions in Sound.